Hello and welcome back to the Gritty Men Podcast. I am John Riggs, your host, and we are here to encourage, equip, and inspire God's men to live God's way for God's glory. For those of you guys that have been following for some time now, um, you know that we really focus on three areas here in the lives of men. Um, Number one would be our spiritual discipline. Number two is our mental discipline. And then number three, of course, is going to be the physical discipline of how we uh, bring um, uh, health into our life through activity and through working out and so on and so forth. And so um, I know I don't talk about this a whole lot um, and probably should put a whole lot more of these on there with videos about workouts and all those different things. But I just want to ask you guys, how are you doing with these three primary disciplines in your life? Are you growing in your walk with the Lord? Are you spending time with God, not only in prayer, but in his word? Number two, are you, are you able to um, better control your mind? Because we know that really every thought, every, every action begins with a thought, and those areas dictate direction in our life, and ob- obviously they have a great impact on not only ourselves but those around us. So last week we really talked in detail about how we um, train our minds and, and how we tear down strongholds and, and how we make them obedient to Christ. And so... Just want to see kind of how you guys are doing in the area of your mind, because I know your minds are under attack as well. And uh, the third aspect was, of course, our physical aspect. And so what are you doing in your lives? I'd love to hear from you guys. What are you doing um, in in relation to the physical aspect of the discipline of your life? Uh, What are your workouts like? You know, how many days do you go to the week? What do you do? How many days of the week do you go to the gym? Excuse me. If the gym is where you work out, uh, do you ruck? Do you run? Do you bike? Do you kayak? What do you do? What do you do to get yourself in physical shape? Because we know that these three elements of discipline in our life are all really related together and one can impact the other. So we really just want to come alongside God's men and encourage them to live God's way for, for God's glory. That's the ultimate purpose for us as men in our life. And we're going to go right along in with that theme, talking about life and how you make your life count. Um, I don't know really very many men who would say that they don't want their life to count. Um, The truth is, I think we would all agree um, that we want our lives to count, but we only have so much time with our spouse, with our kids. We only have so much time to do those things that matter the most, and there seems to be so much just time in life that just doesn't have a whole lot of meaning to it. Um, And so I want to address this today for you men in relation to how you make your life count. Now, I've got some years on me, and um, I thought differently about these things as a young man, obviously. Um, But as you um, grow and mature in age and life and experience not only um, marriage and, and, and raising kids and and careers, and you get some time under your belt, you begin to gain some wisdom and understanding as you continue to grow in your walk in relationship with the Lord God, and um, you learn things through Scripture and through experience, and you gain some wisdom uh, about really what matters in life and the significance of really the purpose and meaning of life. And so um, I just want to share with you some things that we can learn from Scripture in relation uh, to how we make our life count um, and so, for example, if, if you knew of a way that you could have um, insight into what the next big thing was going to be in whatever business you're in, uh, you could come up with the next big idea and it was going to be very successful or you could invest in the next big investment um, opportunity because you were able to have an inside um, 
information on what that was. Maybe you're in the cow business and you'd like to know in this cycle, well, when are, when are cow prices finally going to go up and when are calves going to be sold, sold at, a, at a high price and so on and so forth, you would be able to set yourself up pretty well. Um, and really the truth is um, you, would, you, would, you would make it count is what you would do. You would spend your time um, applying yourself and getting yourself in position to reap the benefits of the investment that you were making to get the most out of what you put into it. And so that's what we want to talk about in life. And the reality is if your worldview is not based on a biblical worldview, you're not going to have the correct meaning and purpose of life. And at the end of the life, you're going to have basically a lot of regrets. And so the Bible teaches us a lot about how we are to live our lives and what is the true purpose and meaning of life. In fact, I believe there are three primary questions that all men um, will ask at some point in time in their life. And that is going to be, number one, pondering the thought of where we came from. Where did all this come from? Um, number two, why am I here? I think most men have some place in their life that they come to a point where they begin to ask the real questions of the meaning of life. Um, not only that, the third thing you'll come to at some point in time in your life, if you have not already, it will be, where am I going? And those are the three um, elements of what I think all men seek to find answers to. Where did I come from? Where did all this come from? What's, the, what's my purpose? And then as you age or you understand the brevity of life and the reality of what is certain in life and that, that, that our lives will come to an end, you begin to think about the answers to that question, well, what happens after all this? Where am I going? And we need to take a good look at that as men. And when we answer these questions, it'll change the way in which you live your life. And so... Um, King Solomon, we know, was a, was a very wise man. In fact, Scripture says he was one of the wisest men that ever lived. And uh, he did ask God for wisdom when God asked him what he wanted God to do for him. And uh, wisdom is what he wanted. And no doubt, Solomon had great wisdom. And um, when we come to the book of Ecclesiastes, now, it's in the Old Testament. You may or may not have read this book. I'd encourage you to read it. It actually is a really awesome um, um, section of Scripture to read, and we can learn a lot from it. And Solomon being not only one of the wisest men that have ever lived, in fact, I, I would argue was the wisest man who ever lived, um, he not only had great wealth, he had what this world says brings the most um, purpose and meaning to your life. He had bunnies, buckles, and bucks. I mean, Solomon had it all. He had everything he, any man could ever in his flesh desire or want. It was there. He had it. It was at his fingertips, at his disposal. And yet, as we're going to learn in Solomon's life, um, that's not the true meaning and purpose of life. Uh, not at all. And so I have done a message before previously on, on the fact that Solomon was the wisest fool that ever lived. And when you read the very end of Solomon's life, it's a tragedy. Wisdom is a wonderful gift, but if you do not apply wisdom in application, it does you no good for your life. And Solomon, in many ways, um, he, he didn't finish well at the end of his life. In fact, the scripture tells us in 1 Kings that Solomon, his kingdom was going to be taken from him. And, uh, 
And, of course, God even said to Solomon, listen, I'm taking your kingdom from you. I'm going to give it to another. Um, and the reason was because God had revealed himself to Solomon on two occasions, the scriptures say, that Solomon um, encountered God and God revealed himself to him. I don't know what, to, what degree that was, but no doubt Solomon had encountered the one true living God and God revealed himself to Solomon. Not only did Solomon gain wisdom that God had given him, but also the blessings of everything that he enjoyed in his kingdom. And Solomon being the son of David, um, following in that position of the throne and the one who would lead the kingdom, uh, had a kingdom of great pleasure and benefit. Um, David was the warrior king. Solomon seemed to enjoy the peace and the prosperity of the kingdom after David. And we find it very, very sad because Solomon did what he was not supposed to do, and he married all these foreign women. And Solomon's love and lust for these women uh, is what led him astray from God. In fact, he began to build high places for the gods of the women that he was marrying. In fact, we know he was worshiping Baal and Chemosh and Moloch, and, and the high places were set up. And so God judged Solomon. And although Solomon had this incredible wisdom and the revelation of God himself, Solomon went out after other gods and began to worship these pagan deities. And Solomon, in his wisdom, it became folly for him, and he didn't end well. And guys, we want to end well. Some of you might have to agree that, hey, I didn't start so well, but praise God, uh, I am not <laughs> who I was, and I'm not yet fully what I will be, but I'm, I'm much further on down the road of what God had designed and created me for, and that's to know him and to serve him. And uh, the reality is, guys, that outside of an understanding of our purpose, of why we were here, first where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going, you're not going to live your life in such a way to really truly make it count. And so I'm going to give you some insider trading here on what the Scripture teaches us. And really, guys, if you can live your life with the end in mind, it will change the way in which you live out the days while you're here. And I don't mean that to be like... Um, uh, a derogatory thought, you know, doom and gloom and all that. Listen, for us as Christians, there's no doom and gloom. It's all just going to get better. <laughs> I mean, th th this, this life is, is, is not the, the greatness of what we've been saved for and to. All of that is coming. Although being in Christ here is a wonderful, great gift, and it's incredible. Um, what, what awaits us is even greater. And so um, we're moving to something far greater. And what I want to show you is if you'll live your life with this thought process in mind that it's appointed unto man once to die and face the judgment of God. We know those are two appointments all men will keep. But if you can keep in the back of your mind that life is much more for us as men of the kingdom of God, we're king's men and we serve the king, we love the king, we honor the king, we live for the king. Live your life for the King Jesus that we love and serve. Live your life for him. And it will change the way that you, um, the way you even think about everything in relation to what all this world absolutely stands for and what it means. And it will help you to live a life without regrets. And that will also mean and involve your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your children, your relationship with others, the way you work your job, the career that you are involved in, um, using your time, your talents, your gifting, 
all those incredible things that God has given you, the days of your life, the health, the gifts he's given you, um, your abilities, the talents that you work hard to achieve and to improve upon. If you'll, if you'll understand the whole under, undertaking of what it means to be a kingdom man, it will change the way in which you, you, you really, that, the way in which you just pursue life. And you'll see that all these things can be used for God's glory, especially when you serve the king and you live for the king. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 17 through 23, this is what Solomon um, wrote here about life. Now listen to Solomon, and you're going to find this to be a true reality. Um, and I've known this to be true of men um, who have come to the ending of their life or the the winter season of their life, or maybe even just throughout their life, they find the emptiness of what the world tells us meaning will bring to our lives. It's void in many ways. And so listen to Solomon here. So I hated life because the work that is done under the sun is grievous to me. We know as men that we love work. We love to work. Solomon here speaking about all his toil that he has done under the sun. And as he's looked back on his life now, he sees all the endeavors that he has pursued, all of the time, the energy, the efforts, the resources, everything that he has given his life to. And he looks backwards and he's looking from where he began and what he has accomplished throughout his life. And he says that he is grievous in spirit and heart here. He says, all of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Now, I want you to notice something here under the sun. In other words, this is his walk in life. This is Solomon's pursuit of pleasure and riches and, and all of the things that he could um, that he could enjoy or to, to fulfill any desire that he had here on earth in his flesh. All of this stuff that he, he pursued. He says it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And, and listen, this is significant. If you are listening to this podcast and you do not know Christ, you will understand what Solomon is saying here. At the end of your life, if you look back through life without living your life for Christ, you're going to be able to respond like Solomon here. Listen to what he says. Here's the reason. I hated all the things that I had toiled for under the sun. And here's why. Because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. In other words, Solomon says, I can't take any of this with me. All that I have toiled and spent the years of my life in pursuit of, the possessions that I have, um, everything that I've done. Solomon says, I have to leave it to someone else. There comes a time where, where I can't take it with me. I have to leave it behind. And who knows whether that person will be wise or will be foolish. Yet they will have control over all the fruit of my toil into which I have poured my effort and skill under the sun. This too is meaningless. 
So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labor and under, under the sun. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and then they must leave all they own to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? It's a great question. All their days, their work is grief and pain. Even at night, their minds, they do not rest. This too is meaningless. So Solomon has learned a lesson in life about all that we do under the sun. In other words, those things in this world that we live in. He says that it's all meaningless if we are living, as we're going to get to here, without the one who created the sun <laughs> and created this world and created us. If we live life without understanding where we came from, why we are here, and where we are going, at the end of life you will look back and realize it is futile because everything you endeavored to accomplish will be left behind and it will be left to another and it could be squandered, it could be spent, it could be whatever, and you can't take any of it with you. So anyone who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ or who does not believe in the Lord God those that would call themselves atheists or whatever, or those serving in other religions and believing in other gods, all of those, the, the, the reality is that, that they have no purpose in, in, in relation to just things under the sun. In other words, if, if God didn't do all of this and create all of these things, then we didn't come from anything. Now, that's a crazy thought to think about because if you're sitting in front of your phone right now and you're looking at it, even if you're an atheist, you have to acknowledge that someone created that phone. It just didn't come from nothing. In fact, the operating systems and how it works and it's receiving information from satellites and towers, all of this is the work of something that was made. And there's, there's yet people, though, that look at creation. They look at this world. They look at humans. They look at this incredible gift of life and all of nature and, and, and animals and, and, and just the splendor of the seas and the vast universes, and they have the audacity to say that this all came from nothing. It came from nothing. All this design and all this perfection and, and, and everything that's so detailed, even down to our DNA, Oh, no, it, it all happened and came from nothing. See, that's, that is moronic. I mean, you, none of us believe that about anything that we use. Someone made it. I mean, if it has a purpose, it's been made. And so people who do not believe that then have no purpose in life. That's why morality means nothing to those people because they would say there's no absolute truth. Well, if there's no absolute truth and there's no absolute purpose, and then what, what's your point in even being here? So whatever you do, it is meaningless. It has no purpose. It's void of, of anything that has any value. You say, well, no, I'm just going to try to be good for the society I live in. But what's the point? There is no point. And if you're not going anywhere and you're just going to go into non-existence, then this whole time that you've lived here and given this life and all of this stuff, it has absolutely no purpose or meaning. It's void of any substance, and it, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is pointless. But see, when you understand 
the one who created everything, that he is God, and that Christ is the eternal Son of God who created all things, and you come to experience Christ, you now begin to see things from a whole different perspective when you understand where you came from created in the likeness and the image of God that you have a great purpose and that is to know God and that is to serve God that's to know the king serve the king live for the king love the king because you're in his kingdom and then also where you're going we know that we're going to be going what to be absent from the bodies be present with the Lord we know there's a millennial rule and kingdom that's coming where Jesus Christ he will literally rule upon the earth and he will rule from Jerusalem and we will rule and reign with him we know this is true because the Bible teaches it and we don't have blind faith I have faith in what I have and what I see and what I know I have encountered God in Christ Jesus and we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. This isn't blind faith. This is, this is faith that is realized by substance of truth and reality. And so as we think about life, guys, thinking about this in relation to where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going, it all has value. It all has meaning. It all is extremely important. And when you understand there's the kingdom of darkness waging war against you, the kingdom of God's son in Christ, we are the bride, the body of Christ. There's a war, a battle going on. We have a great purpose in, in life. We're an ambassador for the king. We're to live our lives for the glory of God. Um, we have great purpose and meaning. And so in relation to what Solomon is getting at, now he's going to answer the solution here in actually the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes in verse 13 through 14. He concludes with these thoughts. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Why? For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or it is evil. Solomon says, only when we live life under the sun in Christ does this life have any meaning whatsoever. Why? Because it's appointed unto man once to die and face the judgment of Almighty God. We are to know God. We are to follow God in Christ. We are to obey him and live our lives in that way. Why? Because the day of accounting is coming for all men. And we don't have to live life in a way that when we come to the end, we have complete and total regrets. See, I'm giving you some insider trading here, if you will. You can know how this thing's going to end, and when you know how it ends, it'll change the way in which you live your life and the days that God has blessed you with here on earth. And you will be about doing the business of the things that matter, not being caught up in all these things that have no significance whatsoever. In Matthew's gospel, in, in um, the sixth chapter, Jesus Christ, which is God in flesh, he's the eternal son of God. He's the maker of all creation. He always has been, he always will, will be the one true God. Remember, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three persons in the Godhead. He always has been, always will be the one true God. He is giving his listeners here in Matthew chapter 6 some inside trading, if you will, some tips on how we are to live this life and how we are to make the days we've been given truly count so that we can make our life count and live without regret. And Jesus here is speaking of the kingdom 
That's what he's talking about. And guys, in Colossians chapter 1, we learn that we've been transferred. If you're a Christian man and you're God's man and you're in Christ, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness or the domain of darkness, the power over us of darkness in our deadness and our sin. We've been transferred into the kingdom of the glorious Son. We are in the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. That is the kingdom that we are now in. And we are now the king's men, and we're to live as kingdom men. Listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 6, 19, and starting in verse 19 through 21. Now, this is going to sound really strange for those of us that are, are living in America or anywhere else in the world because we've always been told that, that, um, that we need to be, to be uh, storing up wealth and gaining all this stuff and substance and things. And what makes you really successful is, 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 is so different from the standard of the world than it is from the standard that God has set for us as men. And listen to what it says. This is going to sound really weird, but this is the truth. Now, I'm giving some inside trader here information. This is from Christ to us as men. He's telling us this so that we know this. Don't get caught up in the lies of the kingdom of darkness. Don't get caught up in it. You've been transferred out of that, brought into the kingdom of life in Christ. This is a whole new way of living and understanding why we're here. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, Do not, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And now he's going to kind of share a little bit about what Solomon's talking about. Listen, it's not going to last or remain. It's where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, Jesus says, store up for yourselves Treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's a very significant part of this. For where your treasure is, I want you to think about this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why would the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, who will sit on the throne to judge all men, the one who is reigning King of kings, Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Why would Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, give us this information if it wasn't true and it wasn't important that we would understand this? And yet the American culture tells you the exact opposite, that your whole life's existence and purpose and meaning is to be one who accumulates all of this stuff that makes you appear to be successful here in this life. Jesus says, don't store up treasures here, store up treasures in heaven. He says, do this. This is what I'm telling you. I'm giving you information, Jesus says, that will bless you, that will benefit you, not only in this life, but in eternity. This is significance. This has significance. It's very important. The treasures that Jesus, of course, is speaking about here, he's, he's relating to the fact that the things laid up in a treasury is what he's talking about. Collected treasures. Um, 
He's wanting for us to understand something that there's nothing wrong with treasure, but where and what kind of treasure has the greatest value is what we're looking at here. And we are to store up treasure, (laughs) but not here. And so we can use our earthly possessions to store more treasures up for us in heaven. That's the incredible beauty of this. We can use our work. We can use our time. We can use our talents. We can use all of the things that we have at our disposal in Christ Jesus and use those not only for our benefit here, but to store up more treasure in heaven because these earthly treasures don't last. They're more like trinkets in reality to the true meaning and treasure of what God is speaking of here. And he says that store them up, not on earth, but store them up in heaven. He says, pay attention here. These are great details And what we're learning here is he says, this earthly kingdom, guys, it is passing away just like life is. But the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of of God in Christ Jesus that we have been transferred into, it is eternal and it's lasting forever. And that's very, very significant. He mentions the word here, yourselves that we are to store up treasure for ourselves. I can't store up treasure for you. I cannot store up treasure for my wife. I can't store up treasure for my kids in heaven. They are a part of storing that up as well for themselves. And it is the way in which we serve and love the king and how we live our life here. So what, what's, what are you talking about here, John? What, what are you meaning here? This is, goes against everything I've ever been taught Yeah, it is, because what you're getting here is truth. What you've been taught is a lie. It is part of the world kingdom that we live in, this fallen world kingdom where the little G God of this age, Satan, Lucifer himself, is ruling. Our salvation of being in Christ here is is an incredible thing. So we have to understand something about this salvation of being transferred into the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. We are going to rule and we are going to reign with Jesus Christ in the kingdom that he will reign in on earth in the millennium. Now, he is ruling and reigning in the hearts of Christian men and women now, but it's not done perfectly. He is the, the perfect ruler. We are the imperfect um, ones who follow him. And so we do not, we do not follow in perfection the Lord God Almighty. We don't do that. Um, We still have the flesh we contend with that we're still living on earth, but there's coming a time in the millennial kingdom where we will be ruling. I want you to think about this. You're going to rule and reign with Christ. That's incredible. Revelation chapter 5, 9 through 10 talks about those that we see gathered around the throne. We see the 24 elders, which I think represent The 12 being the first would be the Old Testament saints. The next 12 making up the 24 would be the New Testament saints. Those that are all saved by grace through faith in Christ, whether Old Testament or New Testament. This is the redeemed of the Lord. We're gathered around the throne of God. John sees us there, and this is what he says. And they sang a new song saying this. You are worthy, speaking of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, to take the scroll and to begin to open its seals. This is the judgment of God coming here. Because you were slain, and by your blood you purchased for God 
persons from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And we, we will reign on the earth. We will reign. The Bible makes it very clear also that we also will receive reward. We'll receive rewards. So we store up treasures in heaven, and what we're storing up are rewards. You will use them not only through the millennial kingdom, but for eternity. These are rewards. These rewards will never be taken. They're never going to rot. They're never going to be stolen. They're never going to decay. These rewards will be rewards that we will have not for a short period of time like Solomon looking back over his life and he's saying all this is meaningless. No, everything we do for Christ and serving Christ has meaning and value. And it's going to be those things that last, that are eternal. And we will for all eternity have use of these rewards and they will bless our lives in eternity. So Jesus talks about rewards many times, including in Matthew chapter 5, um, in Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter um, 25, we, we read this. Jesus made essentially the same point in his parables about the kingdom, about storing treasures up in heaven. And this is important. In the parable of the talents, let me read this to you. And I know it's a little lengthy, but write this down. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Jesus tells the story of a man who entrusts his property to his servants before going on a long journey. Now, each servant received an amount that was commensurate or was in, in, a, in, a, in, a por, in portioned uh, with his abilities. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit gives us talents and abilities. And so this man is going to go on a long trip. He's going to be gone for a long time, but he's going to entrust to his stewards um, his property, his wealth, and he's going to give to each steward based on their ability. And he gives five to one, two to one, and one to another. And um, what's fascinating about this, um, God didn't expect more of someone than what God knew they were able to give. And so God only is going to expect from us what, what he's given us. So we've been entrusted with a lot, guys. If you know Christ, you've been entrusted with the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, myself as a pastor and, and teacher, um, I'm entrusted with what God has given me in, in study and knowledge and teaching and learning. I'm entrusted with those things, and I'm to share those things, but also I have a strict judgment for what I teach. I will be judged more strictly because not many should be teachers because those teachers are going to be judged strictly. And so speaking of your life, whether it's the time of life you've been given in years, whether it's the abilities that you've been given, whatever it is that you have, including your salvation in Christ, all of these things, um, we're looking at what God has given. We know that all good gifts come from God. All of them that we receive come from God. And so he gives five, he gives two, and he gives one. Now he goes off on a long journey and he comes back a long, long time later, kind of like now. You know, Jesus Christ has entrusted us with these incredible gifts and this life that we have in Christ and the days we've been given and the time we have, the wives we have, the children we have, the jobs we have, the abilities and gifts that we have. 
and we've been entrusted with this gospel and this new life in Christ. And it's been entrusted to us as jars of clay, really. And then there's going to come a time where Christ will come. And then what we are going to give an account uh, for what we have done with what God has given to us. And so we know in this parable that the master was gone. And then it says um, that the, the servant who had received the five talents, he immediately goes to work. And what he did was he just doubled his money. He doubled the talent to 10, as did the servant who received two. No, you still notice he went to work and put it to work, and he, he doubled it. He didn't, he didn't do more than what he'd been given. He doubled what God had given him. And then the last servant showed gross negligence, the Scripture says, and he buried his master's money or his talent in the ground. He didn't do anything with it. When the master returned, he rewarded the faithful servants with the words, here it is, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Now listen to this. Do not miss this, guys. Underline this in your Bibles. It's found in Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30. Underline this. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Here it is, semicolon. I will put you in charge of many things. This is the reality of the ruling and reigning with Christ. This is it. It's significant, guys. It's important. Come and share your master's happiness. Oh, this is awesome. The unfaithful servant not only forfeited his reward, but was thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, Scripture communicates that there are, there are degrees of rewards in the resurrection. And we're all going to stand before God in Christ. We're going to give an account for our lives. You and I as Christian men, as God's gritty men, we're not going to stand and give an account before God based on whether or not we're saved we're going to stand before God because that was taken care of um, by faith in Christ. We were justified by Christ. We have the imputed righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. All of these truths are a reality of our salvation. But we are going to give an account of, if you want to call it accountability, we're going to give some accountability um, when we stand before Christ and we share with him what we did with what he gave to us. And I'm speaking of how much life you've been given, how much, how much money you have, um, have been allowed and privileged to make and to use and to, and to enjoy and your beautiful wife that God has given you and the relationship that you have with her and, and how you've loved her and, and how you've cherished her and how you've taken good care of her and, and led her as a godly man and, and these amazing children that God has blessed you with in your life. And not only that, the friends that you have, that you've been given relationships to, and the career you have, and the mind you have, and the energy you have, your health that you've been given. And, and if you're like some, you have just squandered the entire thing, and you are living for only yourself in this world, and there's no purpose in any of it because it all comes to an end, and it has no purpose or meaning or value for what really matters, and that is our time for all eternity. 
And many Christian men have missed this. Jesus is giving you some points for you to know and understand, guys. You don't have to go through eternity and not have those incredible blessings and gifts that you have accumulated there. You can storm ahead of time. You're doing it right now. This is incredible, but you're doing it right now, even as you're living your life, as you're loving your wife, as you're raising and disciplining and training your children, as you're influencing your friends, as you're leading your business, as you're working for your boss and doing all that you can do for the glory of God, whether you're working for him or whether you're in play or whatever it is, it's all for God's glory. We are kingdom men. We are God's gritty men. That's what we are. And our life and to tell our story is to tell of Jesus Christ. That is it. So let's talk about this here, about the reward factor here, what we're dealing with. We know that the basis of our salvation is the finished work of Christ. We are saved by faith alone, period. Nothing. Nothing's added to it. But Christians, we can build upon what we have in this salvation. And the rewards that we will build upon the foundation, Paul puts it this way. No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hay, or stubble, the foundation is Jesus. Our responsibility is how we build on it. Are you going to build upon the foundation of what you've been given in Christ? Are you going to build it with gold, silver, presley stone, or precious stones, or is it going to be wood, hay, or stubble? This is the true reality, and it's all about how we live and where we store our treasures up. This is significant. Now, it's going to be revealed in the last days by fire, and the fire is going to test the quality of each man's work if what he has built survives the bible says he will receive a reward we're not talking about salvation here that has been dealt with that's done what we're talking about with guys is you're getting to put things ahead that you are going to be rewarded with for all eternity and it also has to do with what we will rule over in the kingdom and i don't know what all that means but I know it's in Scripture, and it's true, and Jesus has told us ahead of time so that we're able to live our life in this way. And so it's going to be brought to light, and it's going to be run through the fire, and we know that gold, silver, and precious stones, they don't burn up, but we know that wood, hay, and stubble will burn up. And it says here, if what he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If it's burned up, listen, he will suffer loss he himself will be saved. You're saved, man. But only as one escaping through the flames. That is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11 through 15. So Paul here illustrates the sober reality that some Christians, and that's why I'm giving you this information, I don't want you to be a man that stands before Christ and as your life has been run through the, the fire of testing the way that Christ will through what he has given you and entrusted you with, that you will make it to heaven. You will be saved because of Christ, but you will lack in what you will have in um, the blessings of, 
of the gifts that you have stored up for yourself for all eternity. And the thing is, guys, I don't know what all this means or looks like. The Bible doesn't go into great detail about all this. We just know it's a true reality. We know what it means to store up treasures here. We know they don't last. They break down, they rust, they wear out, they're stolen, they're they're, they're given to someone else. We know that. But Jesus says, guys, listen to me, hear me, hear what I'm saying. Don't store it up here. Use what you have here to store up in heaven. And that's the great aspect of what we get to do as men. We get to use all that we've been given, and we can use it for the glory of God, and it's not in vain. Why? It has meaning. It has purpose. It has value, and it's being something that will be built up for us in eternity that we will enjoy not only for a smidgen of time here, like a vapor of smoke burning off a chunk of wood. It's going to not be meaningless like chasing after the wind. Your life has immense purpose. It has immense, immense meaning, especially if you're a kingdom man. You can know these truths and you can use this for your benefit. And you say, well, John, isn't that a little bit selfish? It's not selfish. Jesus told us about this so that we could be preparing ourselves to enjoy these things. It's a goodness of God to let us know this. And Jesus reminds us earlier that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's another another big point. If we're going to be kingdom men living as God's men, God's way, for God's glory. Our heart has a lot to do with this. And if our sole purpose and focus in life is gaining materialism for temporary use here, our treasure and our heart will not be where it should be. It won't be in heaven. It won't be thinking of the citizenship that we have in Christ and the kingdom We'll be too focused on this kingdom in our heart, our time, our resources, our mental, uh, our mental taxing and all that we give toward it is all going to be geared toward this that is passing away. And that's what Solomon was saying, man. It's all meaningless if it's just for here. It has no point. It's like chasing after the wind. Where in the world and how in the world do you catch the wind? You can't because it's fleeting. And Jesus wants us to know this. So guys, if we can use everything that we have here, that is, that's your money. (laughs) You say, well, I want to enjoy it. Well, enjoy it, but do it for the glory of God. Use the money that you've been given some resources to to build the kingdom, to bless another, to, to, to equip people. Use it for the kingdom. Ask God how he wants you to spend your days, what he wants you to do with your life, how you are to use all that God's given you for his glory and for his purpose. And he will reveal those things to you. He'll help you understand that. And the reason this is because we want our treasure to be in heaven, not here, because where our treasure is, that's where we're going to be restoring those things up. That's where our mind will be. That's where our purpose in life will be. Will be. It's going to be wherever we have put those elements of thought, our gratitude, our desire, our purpose. All of that comes from there. And if our mind is focused on the kingdom of God, we will not settle for the, the wasting away and the passing away of this futile kingdom here that is in darkness and Jesus Christ is going to overthrow this entire thing and he will rule and he will reign for a thousand years and we the Bible says we're told right there are going to rule and we're going to reign with Christ that's what we will do so here I want you to ask this simple question through an assessment where you where are you investing your time your talent your resources your life, your effort, and your energy. When you define this, 
it will reveal where your heart truly is and what your treasures really are. I want to give this to you as an inside trader (laughs) because one day, and it's coming, and we don't know when, we will stand before the greatest king in all of creation, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we will stand before our redeemer. And we, like the man who was gone for so long, looking unto his servants, we as the servant will stand before Christ and we will give an account for what he has given to us in relation to our ability. For whom to whom much has been given, much will be required. And so guys, don't waste your life. Make it count. Be God's gritty men living God's way for God's glory. God bless you guys. Until next time, we'll see you again next week. Stay gritty and serve the king.